Welcome to Conscious Business, where entrepreneurs learn to master their mindset, conquer their fear, and step into their bigger game. Now, here's your host, Julie Zuzak. Hello there, and welcome to Conscious Business and this last episode on The Dip. Now, in episode 142, way back, I explained what The Dip is is and why it's so important to understand that I had the opportunity in the last three episodes to interview three of my favorite people. So they shared their experiences on the dip and I also got the chance to share my experience of the dip. Now today we're going to reflect on the biggest things that we've learned from doing these episodes and all of these conversations that we've had because I got to tell you, doing these episodes has spawned a lot of dialogue about the dip and I'm really, really overwhelmed at just how many people didn't even realize what the dip was or didn't even have the language to understand what they had been experiencing it. Now, there are real-time conversations that I've had, that people have had with me, that people have randomly shared information and details, and I love it. I really, really love it. And then there's all the other magic that happens along the way, like people who have experienced the dip while they're listening to these episodes, just like Mike did in last week's episode. And I love that, right? Because listening to the episode about the dip made someone conscious about being in the dip, which is cool. I mean, who could ask for anything more? We just can't plan for things like that to happen. So here's a look at what we're going to learn today. First, I'm going to share my biggest learnings from this whole conversation and all these episodes. Second, I'm going to explain how vacation and other high highs can cause the dip. And then lastly, I want to talk about equanimity. And if you don't know what equanimity is, that's okay. You're going to find out very, very soon. So get out of your head into your heart and let's dive right in, shall we? So I have to confess, I really, really, really have enjoyed doing these interviews, these last few episodes, because first off, well, obviously, it's an opportunity for me to hang out with people that I love. So that's a no brainer, right? You know, I love deep conversation and I'm allergic to small talk. So I loved that opportunity. But it also gave me the chance to see insights from other people and to learn from them. Because I have a really limited perspective to see things from my way. So it helped me to realize things that I didn't already know. And it helped me to put some puzzle pieces together and also collect data because we were having conversations about the similar things over and over and over again. This has really helped me see things that I didn't necessarily see before. So I wanted to share a few of my biggest realizations that have come from all these conversations that I've had around the dip, all right? So I have four big things that I realized that I want to share with you. Here we go, number one. First thing that I noticed is that the experience that everybody has in the dip was very unique, and this is perfectly okay. So some people explained it as feeling completely stuck. I think it was Mike that said it was like walking through wet cement. We also talked about quicksand. Other people talked about it like a very heavy, heavy sensation where their whole body was hard to move. And for me, I experienced it not really like either of those. It's more like a feeling of hopelessness, of loneliness, of being lost or off track. 
Now, you may have a completely different experience than any of these, which is perfectly okay. Or it might be a mashup of all these things at one point. It's perfectly normal. Whatever you are experiencing is right for you. The only thing I want is for you to understand what it feels like while you're there so that you can be more able to recognize it when you're in it. And also have different feelings than others, that's okay. And also they may change over time as you go through a dip. So a dip today might look different than it did, say, I don't know, 10 years ago. All right. The second thing that I learned is that everyone said that the moment that they realized they were in the dip and made it conscious, it started to shift things for them. And this is huge. So I'm going to say it again. The moment they realized they were in the dip and made it conscious, it started to shift things for them. This is big, 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 big. It's something that I always suspected. And quite frankly, this entire uh, podcast is built around this reason is that when you make anything conscious, when you notice it, then you are instantly at power and just beginning to start to shift it. Now, this is exactly what conscious business is, being aware of your actions, being aware of your procrastination, your thoughts, your feelings, your resistance, your jealousy, your fear, your saboteurs, whatever it is, be aware of it because then you are empowered to truly shift it. When you make it conscious, you start to shift it. When you make it conscious, you start to shift it. When you make it conscious, you start to shift it. You get it? You got that? Okay, good. Number three, the other big pattern that I noticed is that everyone had a similar way that they wanted to be treated when they were in the dip. Not one person said, I want someone to be a cheerleader and start to list off all the reasons why I shouldn't be in the dip. This because this does not help. It is not helpful. And it doesn't matter who it is that's helping you out as your dip buddy. It could be your friend, could be your partner. Whoever is witnessing your dip has the best intentions likely because they want you to feel better. They don't like to see you suffer. But the truth is they're not giving us what we need in the moment. The truth is that we want someone to witness and understand what it is that we are going through. We want them to hold space for us, which is different than coming in with their repair kit to try to fix things. And If you haven't already watched it, check out the video called It's Not About the Nail. You can find it on YouTube or Vimeo. It's hilarious. It really captures exactly what we're talking about in this point. It's one of my favorite videos. I watch it every once in a while. It gets funnier every time you watch it. And they sort of present it as a male-female dynamic or theme, which I have to confess, I do see a lot, but it's not limited to the male-female dynamic. It crosses all types of relationships. So this is a great reminder to really establish and have a dip buddy. And if you haven't already, make sure you tell them how they can best serve you when you are in this place. Got it? Okay, good. Number four. And lastly, I learned this, I think, especially from Winnie, that you need to be kind and gentle and nurturing to yourself in the dip. To nurture and to really, really self-care with yourself while you're there because you can't always control how long you're going to be there. And I think a lot of this as a realization for me comes from still being pretty A-type. So when you're in the dip, the first reaction I have is get yourself out of the dip, which I think 
probably also comes from a lot of Abraham's teaching, right? They teach us about the focus wheel of when you're in a place, you want to shift your perspective and see things in a different way. So once you change your emotions, you change your reality and everything else around you. You start to move up that emotional resonance scale. And I don't think there's a right or a wrong here. I don't think it's bad to try to force yourself out of the dip. And I don't think it's bad to allow yourself to stay in the dip. It's really up to you, whatever feels right in the moment. And I think it varies as to what you are experiencing in that moment. So don't try to judge yourself for being there. Don't put a label on it of good, bad, right or wrong. Just observe where you are, make it conscious and ask for help. Remember everyone, everyone, everyone goes through the dip at one point in their life. And no matter how evolved, how self-aware, how successful they are, they all need to have a dip buddy. In fact, it's just great leadership, right? Because if you are having this conversation with someone else about your dips, about what they look like, about what you need in that moment, then guess what? You are educating them about what they might experience. And that's great leadership. So you are teaching them about what they're going to go through when you explain what it is that you are going through. Now, one other important thing I want to point out about the dip is that I notice with myself and also with my clients that we are all uh, particularly susceptible to the dip right after a really big high or a milestone, or after a really great vacation. So thank you, Molly, for reminding me about this one. Now, she explained that sometimes she goes through the dip after running an amazing retreat. And this was a really good reminder because sometimes that happens to me too. It's similar to any big event, any big project that you do. And I've also heard about this happening with brides. When they plan a really big, successful wedding, and then they go on their honeymoon, and they hit a wall, and they get depressed because they're done with their wedding planning, and they're having that withdrawal. Now, there's part of me, I have to confess, <laughs> that is a little bit judgy here. Because in my mind, I'm thinking... Well, have you put more focus and attention on the wedding day versus the marriage? I don't know. Maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. Who knows? But <laughs> we want to make sure that we are preparing for the dip, especially after a really big event or any sort of experience that may thrust us into the dip because we can't live at that high and sustain that output of energy all the time. It's just not natural for us. Now, I have experienced this kind of a dip or a low after a really big event. And it's kind of sometimes a mashup of a bunch of different things, right? When we're really busy, we're working at full capacity or plus capacity, we can sometimes run on, on adrenaline, right? And then when we slow down, the adrenaline leaves our body, we can feel tired, we can get exhausted, we can get injured, we could get sick. Now, other reasons it might happen, especially with retreats, is that while you're going through this event or this experience, you're surrounded by these incredible people. You're in a bubble, right? You're around people who are hungry, who are just like you for growth and transformation. And it's such an intense and high to see all this growth and transformation in others. 
And in reality, in full disclosure, we really design these events to maximize the amount of transformation that happens. But it is impossible to stay on that much of a high forever. So when we come back to our day-to-day life, it can feel a little bit low. Even though there's nothing low or wrong about our life, we can still feel like we're taking a dip just because there is that much of a change in what it is that we're experiencing. So you need to be prepared for these times. I always make sure that I have time scheduled, whether it's coffee, lunch, dinner, brunch, with peers, with friends, with anyone who I can hang out with after the retreat because it helps me to integrate back into my life and also reflect on all the magic and the milestones that happened while I was on retreat. All right, the other big one to watch for is coming back from vacation. I mentioned this earlier. Now, I see this in others. I see it in myself. And I don't care how much you love your job or your business. Coming back from vacation can be a trigger for the dip. It can. Here's why. Especially you are susceptible if you're coming back from a trip that was long, like more than a week. So if it was two plus weeks, if you were unplugged, if you went off the grid, which I highly suggest if you can, if you had an extreme amount of fun, if you really, really let go of work, then you are really, really susceptible to the dip. You see, for most of us, we don't have someone, no, I don't, we don't have someone doing our complete entire job while we're gone, which means that when we come back, we're always playing catch up, catch up for that time that we took off. And we've also lost momentum by being away. So it's twofold, right? We have all this work to catch up on and we don't have the momentum. Think about being on a bike. It's always the hardest to pedal when you first start from a standstill and get on the bike, right? But after a bit, after you're going down the street, when the tires are going and you've got that momentum behind you, it's not as hard to pedal, is it? Well, this is the difference between starting when you're first back from vacation versus doing your job after you're back in the groove. So it's always really helpful if you can leave yourself detailed notes before you go away, which I know is hard, but please try to get that done. Maybe even write yourself a little bit of a love letter for when you come back and say, hey, I know that you're really overwhelmed right now, but you really needed that vacation. And here's why. Put down those five bullet points to remind yourself that you did deserve that time away. You did need it. And just to be a little bit patient with yourself, don't expect to get all caught up in one day. Now, as I've been doing these episodes on the dip, I can't help but think about equanimity, especially since I'm due to go on Vipassana retreat this year. Now, I can't talk about the dip without thinking about equanimity. And I wonder, and this is actually probably an opportunity to have a whole nother conversation, but I wonder if we can truly avoid the dip if we are equanimous. I wonder if being equanimous prevents us from going in the dip. I really, really am curious. I think that's the whole objective. Although I have to admit, I haven't quite achieved equanimity in a permanent capacity. It's more like fleeting moments of my life that I'm able to be there. Now, I'll warn you, equanimity is a really, really tough concept for most people to grasp. And 
it also usually evokes a saboteur that wants to defend and fight for the right to feel good all the time. It's impossible to explain the entire concept in this episode, but what I'll do is I'll share what I can in my perspective for now, and then we can park it and talk about it a little bit more in depth later on. To stay equanimous means that you release your craving or your aversion, which is a deep longing for something that you want, the craving, right? You're craving being happy. You're craving unconditional love. You're craving joy. You're craving good food or aversion, which is avoiding leaning into your fear or avoiding feeling shame or discomfort. So we stay equanimous when we avoid or release craving or aversion in either of those circumstances. So here's a quote from Goenkaji about equanimity. Removing all conditionings from the mind and training the mind to be more equanimous with every experience is the first step towards enabling one to experience true happiness. Now, our goal to release craving and aversion to thoughts and experiences is what we're trying to achieve with Vipassana style meditation. Now, I have to confess the meditation technique, even though I have not mastered it, has changed the way that I live my life. I know that's why my reactions to circumstances have definitely minimized. I'm not saying I don't react. I still do, but it is a lot less severe than it used to be. After years and years of studying, I feel like I've still, I benefited a lot, but I still have only scratched the surface. Now, I know that it tends to evoke resistance in people because they mistakenly believe that it's going to cause them to be less driven. You know, that if they stay equanimous, then they're not going to have that same drive to be successful. But I can assure you that this is not the case. It's about your reaction, about the way that you respond to situations, not about the amount that you work or about the dreams that you're meant to have. It's meant to put you on a path of pure liberation. So I won't go too deep into this, but I just wanted to plant a seed and remind you about equanimity. And I would love to have a conversation with someone, if there's any of you out there that practice Vipassana or uh, have a greater understanding of this from Buddhist thinking, I would love to open up and have a dialogue about you because I think there is some sort of magic here to tie this into not experiencing the dip any longer if we can remain equanimous. All right, it's time to start wrapping up this episode. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to these episodes, for learning about the dip, and for sharing your wisdom and your experiences with me and with others about the dip. This was the last topic that I wanted to focus on in our series on situational blueprinting. So next week's episode, I'm going to do a recap of everything that we went through from top to tail. And I want you to know that the wisdom and this knowledge that you are really gaining here by doing this work and preparing for things that are going to come up on your journey is giving you an edge as an entrepreneur. So be proud of yourself. Give yourself a little pat on the back and really, really appreciate how amazing you are. Seriously. Most people don't take the time to think about this, to really be conscious about their journey and what they're going through and how they're growing. But that, my friends, is everything. Remember, 
Being prepared for the dip is one of the most strategic things you can do to prepare for your business because highs and lows are just a natural part of running any business. And just because I'm wrapping up these episodes on the dip does not mean that you need to stop talking about the dip. You go ahead. You keep talking about the dip as long as you need to keep talking about the dip. Keep learning about it. Keep preparing for it. And keep educating and guiding others about it. If you've had the conversation to find your dip buddy, find another dip buddy. Keep talking to other people about their experience around it. This is what we need to do. This is your mission. This is your purpose, right? So remember those four simple words that really could save your life. I'm in the dip. Thanks for being on this journey with me. Thanks for saying yes to growth. Yes to transformation. Thanks for stepping into your leadership and your ability to inspire and instill greatness in others. Thank you for helping us make business conscious. And remember, keep leaning into your fear because I promise there is magic on the other side. Thanks for hanging out with The Corporate Yogi. Remember, being an entrepreneur can be intense and isolating at times. Don't do it alone. Become part of Julie's Facebook group called Conscious Business. And if you're really serious about growing your biz, visit thecorporateyogi.com and book a free strategy session with Julie today.